0: all right cool so we are back at it again so this is m and we are from la petite more pod where we talk about all things taboo from sex to death and everything in between and today we have somebody really fun and i'm super excited to talk to lisa from death talk podcast hi lisa welcome hi (laughs) we're so happy to have you and i'm honored
1: to be here thank you oh yay
2: (laughs) And we like to get right into it. Um, We're going to ask you a a juicy question. Our question of the day. The question of the day. (laughs) And then we're going to go, we're just going to dive right into it, okay? Okay. So, Lisa, death talk is your thing. So I have to ask you, from talking about a natural 90-year-old granny who dies peacefully in her sleep, surrounded by her loved ones, to a young person who dies tragically in an accident, total um, mishap, where does your comfort level lie when talking about grief and death?
1: At this point, young person dying tragically.
2: Okay. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Okay. okay. So you're like, you're ready to go. You're like, Lamon, let's, let's do let's, it. Let's get <laughs> <it> into <laughs> you, it.
1: You, yeah. You get kind of chucked into that, into that world when you, you know, when it happens to you. So And you're talking about it so much that you become very, very comfortable talking about it.
0: Absolutely. I think there's something... Never
1: happy to talk about it, but comfortable. Comfortable. Yeah,
2: Yeah, that's a good way to word it. You're not happy to talk about it, you're comfortable to talk about it. Right. Okay. (laughs) Well, Lisa, why don't you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about Death Talk Podcast.
1: Okay, so my name is Lisa Murray, and I'm the host of Death Talk Podcast. I started the podcast because I had a bunch of people die in my life during a short period of time. Um, all different ways of dying and different different scenarios, and I just the only way for me to get through stuff specifically is I have to talk about it. And obviously, you know, over many years, people were growing weary of me talking about it. Yeah. So I was like, okay, I need to start a podcast. But not only that, I really felt like there weren't enough people, at least in my world, that were talking openly about death and dying. And I feel like because of that, it was such a shock to my system. And then I had no one to talk to, and um, I wanted to create an environment where people could at least listen to me interview guests about these different topics that would probably help. You know, Just I just feel like it's really important to have open discussions about it. And I didn't grow up with that, so that's what I'm trying to create with the podcast.
0: I love that. That's awesome. Okay. Perfect. So what is your podcast about? Like, What topics does it center around?
1: Well, I mean, ultimately, what the main thing I'm really excited about or that I love talking about is near-death experiences, just because I like that it it's a person that's actually had a death experience. I mean, mm-hmm. we're all just talking about it. We're all talking about surviving people that have died that we love and all this other stuff. But the one group of people that actually have some type of real experience are the people who have had near-death experiences. Yeah. When I was in my 20s, I went through this weird phase where I was really afraid of death. And I remember just um, researching near-death experiences. It was like the only thing that kind of quelled a lot of my fears. And even if it's not true, if it's an imag- you know, our brain or whatever, I don't care. I still want to learn about it. Mm-hmm. I still want to hear about everybody's experiences. And I love that it's every background, you know, even atheists and different people all kind of have a similar thing. So yeah. it's just, it feels very calming. But I also interview people in the in the death care industry, hospice mm-hmm. workers, and uh, I just interviewed somebody who did a musical called Afterlife, the musical. That's so cool. <laughs> it's all like about the whole. He's a hospice worker, and then uh, yeah, and another guy's a psychologist who um, is researching grief dreams about oh, wow. people. Who, I call them visitations, but. Uh, after they die and you have dreams about them so there's a lot of really interesting people in this whole world I had no idea how deep the rabbit hole went yeah. until I got into like Instagram that's where I really found this community mm-hmm. and ironically of all my businesses and all the different things I do I think the death community is the most lively
0: yeah,
2: <laughs> so, isn't, that scary, right? yeah. isn't that
0: ironic crazy,
2: interesting isn't in it world. yeah that's
0: really cool yeah. Awesome. Okay. Okay, so I feel like we've just answered the first two questions there. Um, so, But also, so basically with your podcast centering around near-death experiences and positive death talk, and also you hosting a really cool death talk cafe on Clubhouse, which is a space for people to talk openly about their grief experiences, what drove you to create such a positive space for people to discuss like grief and dying and death?
1: So it's really an extension of the podcast, and clubhouse is a new social media app. It's very different. It's audio only. Mm -hmm. Um, It's all over the world. People, you know, come from all over the world, literally. And, um, you know, being on the podcast is great because I get to interview really interesting people, but I don't get to hear from the listeners. Yeah. I don't get to talk live, you know? And, um, and so Clubhouse has given me an opportunity to just, I decided to open up a room every Tuesday night And at first I had topics and I still might go back to topics like, you know, animals and, uh, you know, are they our spirit guides or, you know, things like that. Um, But I've switched to having it be open, just whatever, because I just trust whoever comes in there, whoever's drawn into that room needs to be there and needs to talk about whatever it is that they need to talk about. And if there's silence or if it's kind of weird, I'll tell some stories about my situations and then that seems to get things going with other people and if for people don't understand what clubhouse is basically when someone comes into the room they're in the audience and they don't have a microphone so only the people that are on the stage have microphones and then you uh, they can raise their hand and you can bring them up so or they can just sit in the audience and just listen which is what I really like about it because there's no pressure like if because that was the thing too I just wanted to listen to people talking about Mm -hmm. all these things when I was in the deepest part of my grief and I didn't want to talk like in a million years, I did not want to talk. So, um, I make sure people know they do not have to come up and speak. You can just listen. And uh, God knows I can talk forever about all kinds of things, deaf. So yeah. I was like, all right, whatever, just sit in the audience. But then people who say they're not going to talk usually raise their hands and they come up
2: which is and kinda they lovely, do
1: end though, up right? sharing. Yeah. That's yeah. great. That's so, so cool. It's special. It's really nice. Yeah, Ooh, You're creating
2: a really positive space for people, right? Like a yeah. safe space a safe and yeah. positive space. Yeah.
1: And I'm glad thinking. you said positive because, you know, I do say death, or death, what is it? Positive death talk. Yeah. And I had somebody in the room one time, she was talking about when she was around, I think, 10 years old and her mom had cancer like most of her young childhood. And so she, death to her when she was young was about the smell of the medicines and her mom being sick and her mom's medical bed being in the living room and not in the bedroom because she had to have one of those, you know, hospital type beds. Yeah. And It was just a very depressing and scary thing for a child and she started talking about it and then she said oh I'm sorry I know this is the positive death talk room and I was like no 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 no. when I say positive death talk I don't mean talking about death positively
2: Right? I mean,
1: yeah and maybe somebody else means that but I don't mean that I mean that this is a place where you know talking about any part of it is is healthy and welcomed and whatever it is you need to talk about. And so in the end, it's a positive environment, but it's not, you know, going, Oh, I loved it so much, you know? Yeah. It's about that.
0: Yeah. It's not so. about being like having this like chipper attitude about everything that has to do with death. Basically it's creating a space, a safe space, sorry, to chat about anything that has to do with dying and like being able to just like talk about it without the, the, Like people like pitying you or people kind of giving you that like, oh, like poor you. It's like uh, everybody that's in the same kind of boat, right? Being able to talk openly about that. So I love that. That's really cool. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. So then in talking about that, so basically you talk about death a lot, right? Within your clubhouse group and on your podcast. Um, So do you find that in talking about death so openly, you're more at peace with the reality of death or does like the thought of dying still freak you out a little bit?
1: I'm um, very much at peace about death. Okay. I, I, uh, it, it's, it has a lot to do with the fact that the two people who I lost, the two main people I lost was like very, very close friend of mine that sort of kicked it all off. It was a violent, unexpected death. And then about a year later, my brother died unexpectedly, oh. and those are, I call them my two Jenga pieces, the main pieces of my Jenga tower. And so having those two pulled out, kind of made who I was collapse onto the ground and I've spent, you know, many years kind of rebuilding myself, and I really do feel like part of me is with them,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and so it's, it's like, I, if they're there, wherever there is, then, and I'm with them, part of me is always there, so I'm not as, it doesn't seem like I'm going somewhere totally strange anymore, it feels like, you know when your friends, like, text you and they're like, I'm here, I got a table. <laughs> you know, you're meeting them at a cafe yeah. and, or a restaurant and you're like, okay, cool. And you've never been there before. You feel a little bit more confident going in there like, oh, yeah, my friend's here. I'm, I'll go get yeah. her at the table. It that's feels like that, totally but nice. on a way deeper, obviously, more meaningful level. Yeah,
0: yeah but, but I think that's such a beautiful explanation too, right? It's a really, really going, nice way to look at I it. I think that's yeah. really gorgeous. Yeah. Like, just the idea of it basically being like you're almost going – to, to meet someone to meet to meet your loved ones in yeah. like a safe space so I think that's really cool yeah, yeah that's really that. cool I love that and, and so,
1: I talk to them all the time I'll say what is it like like what are, what do you do all day you know and yeah. I just I, I keep the dialogue going it helps
2: oh, I love that. well yeah and it's yeah it's just keeping uh that memory right and it's almost like they're still part of your life because a lot of people and I believe that they still are right mm-hmm. like they're still with you in different ways and you're with them and a piece of you is with them and yeah. lots of pieces of them are with you. And Absolutely. so it's, yeah, I think that's really, really cool. So you're not, you don't really have any fear about dying then.
1: I mean, I think there's a natural thing, you know, there's some of it, like, cause you don't know for sure.
2: Mm-hmm. Right.
1: And it is scary. It's like, well, okay, so what is going to happen? Like I want to believe, and I believe just naturally that, there is an afterlife and that everything's going to be okay and this is more of like, this is the dream where the physical dimension is just this thing we're playing out, we're trying different things out, but really we're going to go back to like our normal way of being. I believe that. But at the end of the day, it could all be wrong too. I could be totally wrong and it's scary. You could scary. be surprised. It's like, who knows? Yeah, you know? and the
2: unknown is a bit scary.
0: Like, I think it's natural. Humans are scared of what we don't know, right? Yes. Right. Yeah. Have you ever watched the Netflix, uh, the, uh, Netflix special Surviving Death? Yes. Yes? Okay, cool. Because we both just recently, like, watched it and are obsessed with it. But in their idea, basically, too, of the first episode of so, of people having, like, near-death experiences, almost all of them say, like, when they kind of get to that, like, veil or crossing over, they're, like, greeted by all the people, basically, that meant so much to them. So I think that kind of, like, touches base in with that idea that you're kind of almost, like, coming home to, like, uh-huh. this new beautiful yeah. spot, right? I know, so. I always
2: talk about, like, I have this image in my head that it's going to be, like, the Titanic. You know, at the end of the Titanic, they're all standing on the staircases, like, all the people that died, and they're, like, walking up the stairs. I imagine that, like, all the people that have, like, that I love that have gone before me that will be on the stairs, like, waiting for me being, like, come on in. And, yeah. like, I've, I've read people's near-death experiences that they say it's a staircase, some people say it's a hallway, they say it's a, a road, like, there's, like, a ton of different explanations, and I'm sure it's different for each person, but... There's definitely a piece of the unknown for me, for us too, even though we love talking about it, there's still times when I'm like, that could just be your brain firing, misfiring. Yeah. 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 That could literally just yeah. be the fact that your brain is like shooting sparks. It's yeah, <laughs> just I like, i on way. Yeah. I know. And so like, you know, I, I, I have I these like, that, sorry, go ahead. No, I
1: was just, I think about it all the time. I, I definitely embrace the fact that it could also just be my brain. Like,
2: yeah. You, just, <laughs> you know? And and the way I look at it is that if it is my brain, who cares? At least it'll feel comforting. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. Who cares? Like, yeah. I'd rather
1: think of something good and then maybe it's not true than think of something bad. Your whole life you're yeah. worried, 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 and then it turns out you're, you weren't right and you wasted your whole life being worried. And yeah. So maybe letting your imagination go to more positive places.
2: Totally. 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 Yeah. That's awesome. I
1: wanted, I wanted to tell you guys about this guy. I always end up talking about him. I can't remember yes. his name, but um, Journey of Souls. Okay. Can't remember his name. Right, uh, The writer of the book. So he's he regresses people not to past lives, but to the in-between, between when they died and when they choose to reincarnate. Oh, cool. And so it's really interesting because that's where my brain is now. Is like, I don't want – like, past lives are cool, but I want to know what, what happens when we die. Like, who do we see? Where do we go? What's the deal? And um, a lot of them talk about seeing their soul family. And oh. I love this concept of, like, instead of it being a soulmate, like, everyone always talks about that. Yeah. They, they, a lot of them talk about this soul family. So, when they cross over, they see all the soul families and they're like, oh, my God, I've missed you guys. And it's like this whole, so I was thinking of that when you were talking about the
2: stairs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's my soul family's going to be on the stairs. I know.
1: <laughs> There's a whole bunch of them. That's really <laughs> oh. cool.
2: I love that idea. And I totally believe, yeah, the soulmate, like, thing, it's soulmates. <laughs> There's it's many, cool. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. um yeah that's beautiful that's so nice oh my god <laughs>
1: well the soulmate puts so much pressure on it it's on like one person oh, I met right? my soulmate and then five minutes later you're like wait this is my soulmate <laughs> like, <laughs> well I and, know, yeah they're all my
2: soulmate and i think and, that yeah. platonic like you are my soulmate yeah but like it's like a platonic right like yeah. it's not it doesn't have to be yeah. romantic and you can Well, your soulmate yeah. potentially can be um platonic or it can be romantic and yeah i think we have more than one and we have you know like there's people that are like you know family members that i just like older family members members that I'm like, I just love the shit out of you. Yeah. <laughs> and like, yeah. you are just, you, like, you know, get you. I get you. <laughs> yeah. And like, you know, so those are the people you just want to put in your pocket and like, take with you places. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. Right. I call them like your your twin flames, right? So it's yeah. kind of yeah. your energy energy matches their energy. Yeah. And it's just like, so it's like, a tw- yeah,
2: your twin flame family too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, that's lovely. Oh. Yeah. And sometimes. sometimes it happens
1: when you, you're at a job and you just completely connect with someone there. You're like, how do I like... You guys were like that. Yeah, we worked yeah. together basically. That's how like, how, didn't, yeah,
0: didn't know each other from like I don't know Joe and like down the street. No, anyway, like did not know each other at all. Started working at a small jewelry store together, and then by two days of working together, we started and like ending each other's sentences and saying the exact same thing. we like, yeah. "Stop it!" Oh my and god, and everything that was like of interest, I was like, "I want that
2: too." <laughs> and we were just like so like our political views, like everything was like so aligned, and it was just it like, was we were just scary. like, "Are we like the same person?" <laughs>
1: We're the same person cut in half. Like, yeah. I know. Yeah. yeah. I think you
2: guys are spirit family people. I think, Yeah. Oh, 100%. Yeah. yeah, for sure. And so, like, yeah. you know, even doing this, like, the podcast and everything, this was such a, like, mutual, like, back and forth, back and forth. Yeah, mm-hmm. let's do it. Let's do it. Like, let's. We're, like, hyping each other up. Yeah, we're, like,
0: pumping each other up. <laughs> we <so>, like, yeah. <laughs> Good. Oh, that's perfect. Good. I love that. Yeah. Oh, that's you. so cool. Okay. Okay. So, um, I think we've kind of covered what death-positive talk means, um, but did we want to kind of
2: round that out, or do we want to move on to another question? Yeah, you can just kind of sum up, like, Lisa, what death-positive talk means for you. I know you said it doesn't mean it has to be positive talk. Mm -hmm. It's just more of an open talk.
1: Yeah, so death-positive really means that we're speaking openly about something we're all going to face, and whether we're losing people that we love or we are facing our own death, or both, which is really both, um, you know, it's something that we all, it's, it could be a positive experience if we open ourselves up, not the actual dying, I mean, although that could be as well, but the conversation can be a positive experience if we just open open ourselves up for that, and share with other people, it's really healing.
0: Absolutely, Yeah. That's awesome. And I think it, especially with the spaces that you've created and whatnot as well, it kind of allows people to um, be vulnerable and kind of have the support to be vulnerable, right? So which you don't necessarily get from, like... Well, I mean, you do from like your like your people, but from like it's you know what yeah, I mean? but like, it's
2: different. Fam- sometimes family members can be judgmental. Yeah, and a
0: lot of people experience
2: like disenfranchised grief, right? Like they they like sibling loss, and like that's a really big disenfranchised lot Well, yeah, you you lost you, a sibling. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I was just thinking in my head yeah. like one of the most disenfranchised griefs is sibling loss because the focus is on the parents and on the spouse of the person who died, not the siblings, even though you guys shared a childhood and. You know, there's a lot of disenfranchised grief that I think you're helping to validate. And that's that's really cool. It's and that's death thing. positive talk, for sure. Yeah.
1: Thank you. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. My brother was my first friend in the world. Like, yeah. First best friend. We did everything together. We played together. We were like, I mean, every single thing. All the baseball games and going to get candy in our bikes and like... Losing him was like losing a huge chunk of my entire life, my entire childhood. he had a really good memory. I have a horrible memory. (laughs) Um, So did my friend who died. And so it's like big chunks of my own life have gone away, even the factual informational stuff. But, yeah, so the sibling loss was a big one for me. Uh, Mm -hmm. I don't really hear a lot of people talking much about it, but it's it's definitely unique. I haven't lost a parent yet, but... um, The sibling death is definitely unique. It's different than uh, other kinds, I think. Well, each one is unique, but that's unique too. Yeah, I
2: know that is
0: for sure. Absolutely. Okay. All right. Well, speaking of of that, so um, Dee and I are both huge, huge advocates for having what we call like a death plan. If you are so lucky to be able to to plan events around the end of your life, right? So we love um, the idea of having like, your favorite, like, music playing at your funeral or getting to choose the song that you, like, go out to. like Or, like, say you're in, like, hospice or something and the the song that you exit the building to, you get to choose, right? In some, some cases. Or even, like, having your favorite food and whatnot being served at your funeral. Um, we love having, like, little... Or, like, love talking about what ours is going to look like, right? Yeah. And we have a whole episode on it. But we were wondering... Do you have kind of like an end of life or death plan or like funeral plan? Like, what would you love to have at your funeral?
1: You know, it's funny. I never thought about it ever. Um, and I'm just listening to you and I'm thinking, that is so awesome that you guys have that. And I know with my brother, right before he died, he was at his uh, friend's father's funeral. And they were, uh, my brother and my mom are walking to the car and he said, if when I die, um, I wanna be cremated. Mm-hmm. Don't put me in the ground. But he just said it, you know, flippantly and yeah. he died a few months later, unexpectedly. And so had he not said that, we wouldn't have known what he wanted. We probably would have done the wrong thing. Mm-hmm. But I mean not that there's a right thing or a wrong thing, but yeah. we would have done something that he didn't want. Um and even knowing that, and even though I say it and I talk about it in the room and in the podcast, I still haven't even ever thought about it. I think part of me thinks it's more for the living, so whatever they feel like they need to do, they should do, but I do like the idea of the song. Yeah, I I also think it's very important, it's very important to have a death plan. I do, but I I think for me, I'm just saying like, I think I haven't really thought about it the way that I should, so now that you guys have brought that up, I'm going to actually give this more thought. But definitely, of course, for me, I went right for the song. I'm like, okay, yeah, what song
2: do I want? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we have a whole uh, playlist we on Spotify. Yeah, so yeah, we like each our made a playlist. Course. We call it our funeral oh, playlist. Cool. And not that I want a funeral, and I don't even think you do. It was more not like a really. celebration, like, you know, a party. Like, I want people to be, like, drunk and eating all my favorite foods. And listen to your favorite And listening to my favorite music. Like, that's the way you can honor me. So I, you know, have that uh, planned out and... I don't know if you've um, had a chance yet to do kind of like your advanced care planning, but I actually have like formal advanced care planning documents written. So like all of that, in theory, should be followed as long as the living follow it. And mm-hmm. if they don't, yeah, I'm yeah. not going to come back to haunt them because it was for them. And I agree with you. Yeah.
0: But your song, did you choose your song?
1: No. Uh, a friend of mine had a Janet Jackson song. I'm trying to remember what the name was or what the name of the song is. Uh, oh, gosh, I can't remember. But I, whenever I hear that song, I think about him and he just had it on a loop. And it was so awesome. And it was in this big church. And it was, like, very uh, odd to have a contemporary song playing in a church. In a church. But it was such a po- – she goes, When I See You Again. I can't remember. Why didn't I remember the name of this song? But um, it's a very positive song. And it was so, like, who he was. I had never been to, like, a funeral or celebration of life like that before. Um, I mean, there's a whole new wave of things happening right now that mm-hmm. did not happen when I was younger.
0: Yeah. And,
1: like – this like you guys are you guys are so young to be talking about this and to be saying that you've got it all figured out and all this stuff. I think that is so healthy and so amazing, and I love that this exists now because mm-hmm. this did not exist. Death was like oh my god, and like you know somebody else dealt with the funeral or the whatever, and you didn't even know who did it. You're like I don't know who yeah. do this and you showed up and you were scared and it was quiet and it was weird
2: and nobody um, talks
0: about it right they just kind of gets dealt with by the front the, through the funeral director basically your your loved one gets handed over to this person and then you see them at the funeral and you're kind of like oh okay like, and now yes. they have makeup on and yeah. they pretty and they're gonna dress yeah. and
1: yeah. yeah,
2: everything's kind of scripted, right? Mm-hmm. And so I think right. it's important that we, we think that it's important we break that down, because it's not, yeah. it's not necessary, and it's actually not really great for the grieving process, because I imagine every time you hear that song now, you will have like such wonderful memories like flowing oh, through you, person. as opposed to a church song that you'll never hear again, right, <laughs> <laughs> that yeah. might have been some playing in there, some organ chord, yeah. yeah. like, I think it's so much more meaningful, <laughs> right, so... Yeah, yeah, that's
0: that's cool. That's so great. that's
2: your homework, then, Lisa. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You guys
1: have inspired me. I'm gonna do that now. So get back to us, <laughs> yeah. and we'll we'll I chat know. again,
0: okay? <laughs> and then oh, also while you're doing your your research, we are huge like green burial advocates and whatnot too. So there's different ways basically that you can be put to the to the earth, or like through like cremation or embalming, or like a natural. Not burial. through embalming, or to the, 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 the put to the, 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 the earth. Green, that's not being put to the the but, earth. But, but like. Being buried, basically, right? Like it's, it's own the very traditional way, but like with green burial, basically your body gets washed and you get kind of like wrapped in a shroud and then put into the like the earth in a green burial. Um, basically, just the shroud goes in. Yeah, yeah, and the flowers. Shroud. Yeah, basically, right. Yeah. So it's very natural, yeah. kind of like you're going back to the earth, kind of the way that you came in, right? Like naked. Yeah. And, naked and afraid? No, I'm no, just kidding. <laughs> not afraid. <laughs> Jesus. But yeah, yeah it's just showed, like by the way. yeah, yeah. So. yeah. As part of a, both of our, our death care plans, like we've chosen, like how we would want to be buried. So I would like to, a green burial. I know that um, Dee would like a green burial. Um, and then in our funeral, basically, or our celebration of life, I should say, like all of our favorite things, favorite food, favorite. Um, and
2: write it down. Like that's a big thing, right? Mm-hmm. Because I think even my my poor husband would be like, ah, oh, she just likes food. <laughs> I don't know. What does she want? Like honestly, got, he would be like, Um help me. I don't know. <laughs> I got you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? So like, yeah. and and when you're and the trouble is, is for the living. When they're grieving, they're like not thinking straight, right? right. So yeah. and you say that now, but I think you would be like I Starbucks.
0: <laughs> like, I don't know. I'm like, well <laughs> this all drink Starbucks chai lattes? <laughs> Exactly. do right? we will be
2: caffeinated yeah, right. and sad. You yeah, you'll be it. caffeinated. You'll be, like, super hyper and sad and full of Cheeto dust. <laughs> like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So I think yes. that uh, definitely, that's your homework. We're going to check in with you. <laughs> yeah, you got options.
1: Well, I did always think that burying people in those big caskets with all the chemical and the wood mm-hmm. and the metal, and, like, I always thought that was so excessive and just not earth friendly i thought that was really strange even when i was younger i thought so that whole entire piece of furniture goes into the ground and it's like and i understand the concept of wanting something like beautiful or whatever but it's not it's just not good for the world like mm-hmm. why would you even do that so i would lean more towards a green burial myself and also cremation you think is like oh that's so much better because your ashes that actually is another form of pollution
0: carbon footprint But we recently found um, a new, it's like a cremation process, but it's more environmentally friendly. It's called aquamation. So basically your body goes into like almost like a cremation center, but they um, decompose your body with water. And then basically like all of your flesh and everything gets decomposed. And then your bones are left over basically and they, they crush the bones. And then you have like oh, the God. the creaming. so it's less like of
2: a carbon footprint. Still, lots of electricity and water, mm-hmm. right? So I think that green burial is still definitely the least like cart like footprint, yeah. In that sense, but there are so many options. So yeah, mm-hmm. don't and, and we have a few episodes. So check out some of our previous episodes on it, and I will. Uh, we've
0: talked to a few morticians, and it's yeah. Pretty, oh oh, so we just had one. <laughs> sorry, like because it, you it, we were thinking like because we were talking about like in the embalming process, like oh, we just had um, Aaron from the Millennial Mortician. She's out of New York. Um, and she basically walked us through the entire embalming process of like how it works and like the chemicals that go in your body, and I thought that was really cool. So yeah, wow, yeah. So if yeah. you're interested, it's it's yeah, there. yeah. <laughs> um, okay, awesome. Um, so with hosting such a positive um, space and talking so openly about death, and I'm sure you come by a lot of people who have recently lost someone and are very intensely in their grief. Um, Do you have any advice for people that are struggling with the loss of a loved one? And do you have any resources that you could give to these people while they're grieving? Um,
1: Yeah, I think one thing is people aren't gonna say the right thing. Um, That's one thing, like, I remember right after my friend Derek died, Um, It was all kind of a blur because it was really kind of, um, you know, he was like run over by a train. It was like during the day. It was really awful.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, And so it was a lot of confusion. But people are not going to say the right thing, even if they love you and they get it and everything else. Because until you go through it, you can't really understand the right tone or anything. Mm -hmm. But I do remember people who tried it was a lot of fuzziness to me, but I, I could tell if someone actually had a genuine moment with me and really tried and cared. now it's not about trying to say the right thing. It's about knowing that they care and that they're hurting because I'm hurting. Yeah. And um those people stood out to me. People who ignored me or stayed away from me, I remember, kinda of remember that. I kinda of remember mm-hmm. like I never really heard from them. Yeah. Even though they might be thinking they're respecting me, it actually hurts. And, and the reason why I'm saying all this is because when you're fresh after the loss, this is what you're – you're not thinking about it that much, but it's going in. And yeah. then later on, it, you're going to think about it. Um, and so – You know, it's just, just know that it's very hard because I thought that I was good at talking to people about death, like, oh, I'm so sorry for your loss or whatever. And after my friend died, my brother died, I realized I was horrible. I was like the worst. I did not know. I just knew that every time I've said something to someone, I wasn't, I didn't have the right vibe. Mm -hmm. So that's only because I went through it. Um, So, anyways, your environment might shock you. It depends on what what your environment's like if you grew up with people talking openly about death then it might be a little less but you're going to feel very alone and your because your feelings are very unique in, in their years they're like your experience with that person so I would recommend um, journaling I journaled a lot I couldn't write at that time but I did voice memos on my phone mm-hmm. and it just made me feel like I was talking to someone who wasn't going to judge me or give me advice or you know just not get it because it's me i was talking to myself
0: yeah
1: um and then i haven't gone back and listened to those but i plan on doing that one day um and i would also say definitely find support groups like you kind of talked about it a minute ago but try to find support groups outside of your family because or even the friends that also knew the person that you lost Mm -hmm. because There's a lot. It's like you're all trying to hold on to something and each person's trying to, you know, also trying to find their footing. And in some ways you can find some kind of sense of community by being with them because they all, they all know that person, but they're all knew a different person really, Mm because they knew a different side to that person. So then it gets into whether or not the person was this or that, or were you a good friend or were you not a good friend? Yeah. Like sometimes it becomes this weird thing. And so to honor your unique relationship with that person and your the pain that you have, I would say, branch out, go to support groups, go, you know, listen to podcasts, uh, listen, go on YouTube. I watched a lot of, uh, near death experience interviews, and that really, really helped me. That's all I wanted to listen to was people talking about their death experiences. That's all I wanted to, that's it. And that literally was something that helped me. Um, and also really allow yourself to be what you are, feel it and be it. And, I remember I wasn't really on Facebook very much back when Derek died. And um, I still don't really like Facebook, but okay. Um, and I was posting some stuff, and this girl, I worked in the music industry, and this girl sent me a message and she goes, You're unraveling publicly, and it's not a good look. And I didn't even know her. Like, I just knew her in the music industry, like as a person. And I was like, what excuse me (laughs) i know i was like my friend was murdered like i don't even care if you want to stay in fake land facebook go ahead and do that unfollow me or hide me but this is my experience this is what i'm gonna do and yeah maybe it is a hot mess that's what it is it's death it's gonna be a hot mess but it's not putting a bow on it yeah
2: Yeah. it's your space right like you when you friend someone on facebook you're entering their space so yeah
1: right 100 percent So obviously I unfriended her, (laughs) but but don't let anybody tell you what you should or shouldn't do. You know, I mean, obviously it got really dark for me. I didn't want to live for a couple of years. I didn't post that on Facebook, but I didn't really want to live for a couple of years. And like, it was really hard, but don't let anybody tell you how you should grieve. You know, it's up to you. It's like, you have to, you can't be fake. Like you have to be whatever you are, whatever that is. And before, when I was younger, I had a really good relationship with death. When my grandfather died, I actually felt happy. I was like, oh, good. Now he's free of his body and he can be everywhere. And, you know, where did I get that? I was 16. But then, then I went through the weird fear of death thing. And then, you know, I hadn't really lost anyone my age that was that was really close with me before. I'd never experienced that. Mm-hmm. So it really just rocked my world and it threw me completely off. And that was my reality. And, uh I was shocked by my own reaction, but at the same time, I knew to be true to myself. And I just really want to urge everybody, just be true to yourself. There's such Absolutely. wisdom and importance inside of that. There's something that we can learn about life if we are true to ourselves in that darkest time.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. I think that's so beautiful you to say also like i and i feel that too because once you go through some like losing someone that's very like close to you your whole perception of how people are treating you well like just in regards to like grieving and whatnot like how how you talk to people like changes especially while you're grieving and how you explain your person who died completely changes but what for me like my um stepfather died oh god uh 2009 so like 12 years Holy shit. Um anyway, so and in the funeral, like I totally understand when you had people that would come up and they're just like, Oh, I'm so sorry for your loss, and just very like disingenuous, you know, or you get that like little like handshake that's like not even really a handshake and they're just like like, this, like as you're standing in the processional, like whatever. (laughs) Hated that. Um, or the people that are just very general. And I mean, a lot of people don't know what to say when people are grieving, but I personally have stopped saying like I'm so sorry for your loss and I've changed my wording to um, like my heart breaks for you as you go through this experience or like my heart goes out to you or like um, I'm always here to like to chat or talk or even just to like check up on the person because they're not going to necessarily reach out to you because that's what I would have wanted when I was was going through that because I didn't just really didn't appreciate like appreciate sorry disingenuous like and you're not going to reach whoever. out
2: to someone. You're grieving. They yeah. need to reach out to you. Exactly. And I think you really yeah. find who your friends are, right? Exactly. And Thank instead of yeah. people, That's and for those listening who have a friend who's grieving or, you know, in the future, don't just say, let me know what I can do for you. Just fucking uh, do it. Yes. Go get the groceries. That. Go right? get, yeah. like, why? Because yeah. then we're putting it back on the person who's grieving to decide what they need. They're like, I don't know what I need. I yeah. the person to be alive. Like, I don't freaking right. know. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah.
1: And also you don't care about groceries, you don't care about eating, you don't care about the lawn being mowed. Like, so if someone says, you know, can I come and help you, um, you know, do the yard work and pull some weeds for you? Because, you know, I want to get some sun and whatever, like, Offer it to people. Say what, you know, can I bring you a meal like you know, two times a week? I want to practice cooking. What kind of foods do you like? Or no, forget yeah. it. I'll just bring it. You know, whatever. Yeah,
0: like, or don't like I'm coming over questions. and I'm helping and whatever, right? Like I'm yeah. going to be there at three. See ya. I'll be like, there at three. I'm washing your undies. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah
2: right. no, for sure. And that's really what people need. So I mm-hmm. think it's and it, a, a big piece from what I've understood of the world, too, is we need to educate each other, right? We need to share these experiences. So we need to say, you said the wrong fucking thing. Yeah. Don't yeah. say that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Don't say that it was my job to save this person. Don't say, you know, stupid things. And people do mm-hmm. say stupid, stupid, stupid Depending things. Depending on the, 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 like, scenario.
0: Of the oh, no. Death, no,
2: like, no. Pretty much every death, no, people true. say but stupid say things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, people yeah. say stupid things for even natural expected deaths. And, um, you know, it's just, yeah, just, just be, just be. Be nice. A little bit of Some compassion. Compassion, people. people. Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, sure. it really is a reflection on their relationship with death.
2: Mm-hmm. And oh, totally. It's
1: very hard to to educate someone who hasn't had it happen to them. Yeah, because you're just—it's like you're just trying to—I don't know—plug the hole. Really, you're not mm-hmm. fixing the hole. And you know, like people say things like, um, "Well, how did? How old were they? How did they die? You know, like." Mm-hmm there's a time and a place to ask questions but sometimes i feel like they're trying to qualify or quantify or how do you say that they're trying to figure out whether or not they're supposed to show you uh empathy like if yeah. you go so and so died they go how what what happened how old were they and you're like well they were 57 and they're like oh and you're like that's still young to some yeah people, like okay? that's not
0: a natural like date or uh, age that most people die
2: like yeah, yeah. people do they want to they want to almost like categorize it like Mm -hmm. this is a death we should be really sad about and people should get attention for and these are the ones that yeah uh, yeah, she was 90 she might have been your best friend and the person you talk to every single day in the morning but she was 90 yeah 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 Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. exactly
1: i mean with my grandmother i mean i'm very happy that i i had a life with her i loved her um she died totally peacefully i felt her go through my heart like it was a really weird thing i was with her alone um but it's still, it was a huge loss to our family because yeah. she was such a huge spirit that, you know, and everybody has a grandma or grandpa or an older relative knows it changes your family when they die.
0: Absolutely. Nobody
1: can replace that person. Nope. And it changes your whole family. It, that's a different kind of death or a different kind of grieving, I should say, than like my brother who died, you know, in after a successful surgery and it was completely out of the blue and whatever. So, uh, you know what i'm saying like it's different but it doesn't mean it's not tragic and sad and i'll never like i may never see my grandmother again i may Mm -hmm. but she won't be here in our lives now and that hurts that's sad and that's a reality so yeah
0: every death is worthy of like empathy and compassion and whatnot from those around you so yeah yeah exactly for sure. Oh, I love that. That's okay. Um, all right, Lisa. So it's been really, really awesome talking to you. We are so, so happy and so like excited to edit this and to get this out and whatnot into the internet land. Um, and thank you very much for coming to talk on our podcast and just be so open and vulnerable about your experiences and about what you host and you're just... We, we love you. So, <laughs> um, But where can people find you? So, like, how can people interact with you? Do you have, like, like, um, clubhouse, your clubhouse, your Instagram, any website? Like, shut yourself out.
1: Okay, so I have deathtalkpodcast.com. That's where all the episodes are on there. And then if anybody's had a death experience, I also like to take audio from people. They send me their audio or text and I read it of either someone that they've lost or their own near death experience and I just like to put that raw out. I don't it's not an interview. Um and also I'm on Instagram Death Talk Podcast, Facebook Death Talk Podcast. And also I have a second podcast. I don't know why but I keep feeling like talking about this one just for a second is my dream podcast, which I'm going to start creating um bridge episodes that bridge them the death one with the other one because the other one's about people who are pursuing like lifelong dreams and like mm-hmm. how we find meaning in life. And what the different things are along the path that have that meaning that okay. sort of takes you in a different direction and is really a heart-centered situation. Oh, I love that. So that's called I Have Dreams, Damn It. Okay. And on that one, <laughs> you know, it's, I, I actually have been doing a documentary about people who are pursuing dreams. And it's the same thing, whether you're pursuing what's in your heart or you're facing death, like it's the same exact thing place that it comes from. Yeah. And that's why I'm going to start doing bridge episodes because it's like I'm realizing there's so many crossover. Obviously interviewing a mortician is different than interviewing a filmmaker or musician, but yeah. at the end of the day I'm still talking about life. Yeah. And mm-hmm. how we're living it and what decisions we're making, are we conscious of what we're doing and Um, Are we bringing meaning to our lives? So that's another place you can find me is (laughs) IHaveDreamsDamnIt.com. But thank you so much for having me on here. I really, really love it. I love your podcast. I love your interaction. I love all your banter. And I do have to tell you that I had two rescue bunnies. So I like your bun camera. (laughs) Even though it's not picking up your bunny too much. But <laughs> I had two rescue bunnies, Butters and Tara, and they both died of old age. But I loved them. I had them in my apartment in Los Angeles, and they were really great. So.
2: Oh, oh, bun. <laughs> now I need to go find him and smush him. Give him smush yes. it, and give him a smush. <laughs>
0: That's really cute. Thanks, Lisa. Okay, Thank awesome. You. Awesome. So we are super, super excited to have this up in the next couple of weeks. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Um, So if you want to get in touch with us, you can contact us at lapetitemortepod at gmail.com if you have any questions or stories, um, whether they be about death, sex, or anything in between. Um, We are also hosting a giveaway soon, so keep an eye out for that. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. All the links and whatnot for that are in the link in our Instagram bio. And until next time, live it it out and write a will. Bye!